Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's turn to our first guest and topic of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we are going to hear all things whiskey. And I'd like to welcome back on the program local whiskey expert, John Rhodes. It's great to speak to you again, John. How are you doing? Hi, Noreen. Um, yeah, very good. I'm actually into my own little uh, office and doing my own lunchtime lockdown. Um, <laughs> Self-quarantining however, uh, at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, only for about half an hour or so. However, uh, I do want to start the show with my favorite sound in the world, and that is... Oh. And then, of course... I hope that was picked up. Uh, yeah. Yes, it was very much picked up. Brilliant. Um, I must admit, you know, I've seen a, a lot of people sort of worried um, they wouldn't be able to go to the pubs or bars, and so they did a bit of alcohol stockpiling. Can can, actually, can you confirm that? Has business been actually, better? I can. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely can. I mean, as you know, we've got a shop in, in Wanchai, and on Friday we were actually quite busy, um, <laughs> amazingly enough, because everyone was preparing for the weekend. And, and, you know, they're all preparing to basically to go home and drink at home all by themselves. <laughs> Poor people. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, but you can also see it on the shelves. I've been into, you know, supermarkets here and you can see I've never seen shelves where there are empty spaces on the, uh, you know, on, on the, the liquor side of things, whether it's whiskey or, or whatever. Um, so that was, yeah, that's, that's definitely happening there. Um, people and I'm not are worried. Well, they're worried, but they're also bored. <laughs> I mean, you know, what you do is you're sort of stuck at home. It's like, well, you've got children you have to talk to. You've got a wife that you have to talk to. You know, it's just you, you've got to have a distraction of some sort. Exactly. Um, and yeah. some people turn to whiskey. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit more uh, about today then. You've got some uh, fun whiskey facts for us. Yeah. Now, there's, there's some fun facts here. Um, and we're talking that really because everyone's obviously, you know, we're into this whole coronavirus thing. And uh, I want to get into that whole thing about the history of whiskey in terms of health, and uh, let's say a little bit on the medical side. You know, this is this is where it kind of started a long time ago. Um, and also, eventually, what I'm going to get to is whiskey cupping. Um, now, now I know that sounds like I should be on a different kind of channel for that, but actually, it's to do with actual cups um, and and all that kind of thing. And did, it you is whiskey, did you say whiskey cupping? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's that Chinese medicine thing of cupping. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, well, we're, we're talking about that, and there is a little bit of a history there. Uh, so you've got a little bit of history. We are going back to the history with, with that uh, sort of thing. So, um, you know, if you look at, uh, let's say, you know, historically, whiskey was called aqua vitae, which became uh, whiskey in, in Gaelic, which became whiskey in English. Um, and it was always also, you know, it was always like a medicinal thing. Uh, people used it for uh, like a poultice, for example. Um, but what was what I really like to, to bring out here is like, okay, so alcohol, as we all know, is, is in moderation, it's okay. Uh, but it's also bad or it's really good. It depends on which study comes out and when, right? Um, but one of my favorite quotes uh, is from really quite a long time ago uh, from a historian, uh, a guy called Raphael Hollingshead, uh, from around 1577. And this is his direct quote. Whiskey being moderately taken, it slows the age, cuts phlegm, helps digestion, cures the dropsy, it heals the strangulation, keeps and preserves the head from whirling, the tongue from lisping, the stomach from wombling, the guts from rumbling, the hands from shivering, the bones from aching. And truly it is a sovereign liquor if it be orderly taken. So there we go. Even back then they were talking about moderation. 
I was just thinking of all the cures. You know, stops the tongue from lisping, stops the tummy from, <laughs> stops the bones from aching. <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure if it does that. I think it makes you slur even more. I, that's what I think. Yeah, but I think it's in moderation. What gets me is like it heals the strangulation. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. <laughs> it depends where it's taken. In a pub, having an argument. I don't know. Um, so yeah, there we go. So that's one of my favourite quotes from history. That's uh, pretty but good. But it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's nice. But it's also been used in history as an antiseptic on battlefields. Uh, you know, on the field of battle. So it's it's, it's you know high alcohol content um, and you know. In, in going back in medieval times, I suppose, and uh, since then, yeah, it, it was used as that. You just put a splash of um, spirit, essentially, onto a wound and then and try and cover it up. May I ask, John, what's the highest uh, sort of percentage of whiskey you've ever seen, or is it sort of standardized? Okay, whiskey, when it becomes whiskey, so that's three years in the barrel, um, or three years in a day, Hey, let's see. So those, some of those can come out at a very high strength, but no one really bottles at that kind of age. So we're talking around about the, well, let's say, 60-plus percent, no problem. Wow. Which, which, which you can way, actually use um, for, to sanitize your hands because the absolutely, WHO absolutely. says there's, 60 there's to few, 80 percent. <laughs> yeah, there's a few whiskey companies who are actually producing um, hand sanitizer under their own brand, which is really, really weird. Uh, you know, but they are doing it because, of course, at the end of the day, they produce alcohol. Yeah. Uh, and that is exactly what they're doing. There is a few few brands out there. I personally think it's a little bit of a strange thing to do with your brand where you're encouraging people to just wipe their hands with your brand, but that's, <laughs> that's me. This <laughs> is odd. Um, but yeah, you know, when it's actually whiskey, I think the strongest whiskey I've ever tasted myself was even at a fairly high age, it was around about sort of 14, 15 years old. It was like 62% alcohol. Um, and that was, uh, and it was, it was actually quite good as ever. It's, it comes down to the barrel. But yeah, that was quite nice stuff. Um, okay, so where were we? Oh, yes, now, right, that's going back into the history of, of whiskey and all that kind of stuff. Dram. You've heard this measure, right? A dram is an undefined measure. It was actually originally used by apothecaries as a weight measure. Uh, so, we, you know, we, we're coming that sort of thing into the, the whole sort of whiskey being used in the world of medicine. So a long time ago, there were no doctors and so on. You had apothecaries, and they used things like uh, a poultices um, and, um, uh, you know, uh, like infusions and so on. And they used alcohol to do that. Um, in modern times, uh, especially, let's say, during Prohibition, uh, scotch could legally be imported into the USA. Uh, that well, was that 1921 to 29. Um, because it was considered a medicine, uh, not a liquor. Um, and the reason was they used peated whiskey. Peated whiskey has a, let's say, an acquired taste. Uh, people out there who know what I'm talking yeah. about. Well, smoky is one aspect of it, but another part of it is very, very, it's phenol. Uh, it's, it's like carbolic soap. It, it's like um, it's like licking the floor of a freshly clean hospital in the 1950s. You know, it's a, it's that sort of thing. Uh, it, it's that kind of... Um, very phenolic sort of flavor, and it's very, very strong. Some people love it. Most people don't. Mm. Uh, you know, it's usually around about taste. 30%. Yeah, it is an acquired taste. But when you've got the sort of complications of the, the flavors coming in from the barrel and so on, um, then then you've got something that's really quite interesting. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it, it does taste like medicine. So it managed to sneak through into the USA based, uh, you know, this is the sort of whole thing of uh, sucking back on grandpappy's cough medicine. Uh, that's where that came from. Um, it was because of that. You know, it, was, it was, went into the USA and sold in, um, uh, I think, 
chemists as as, as a medicine. Uh, so he managed to sneak in that way. So yeah, um, and then we've got some a little bit more sort of uh, let's say modern times. Uh, so around about in late 1990s, uh, there was a research institute in Aberdeen, and they found whiskey and red wine protected against coronary heart disease disease uh, by raising the body's level of uh, antioxidants. Um, and the antioxidants were found to come from actually from oak barrels. That's where whiskey is obviously matured. Uh, so it's all very beneficial. Uh, they, they produce uh, destructive chemicals, as they said, um, which sort of killed off uh, various things um, uh, yeah, that, that, that produce cancer. Uh, so uh, even in the British Medical Journal, uh, they found that whiskey in small doses helped against heart disease um, and likelihood of strokes and, and cataracts. But, of course, everything in moderation. It aids in weight loss. Uh, so it has no fat, very little sodium, um, and it increases energy, decreases the desire for sugar. <laughs> you know. It's practically a health food. <laughs> it is a health food, and that's absolutely how I'm selling it, particularly if it's Scottish. You know. uh, so, you know, <laughs> this is where we're going. I mean, you know, um, what does it do? It prevents cancer. It does everything. It prevents stroke, lowers stress. I can say that definitely it lowers stress. Um, and uh, lowers the risk of dementia, uh, AIDS digestion. So, you know, you've got that... You know, I've always described whiskey as either an aperitif or a digestive. And, yeah, it's a digestive. So after a meal, you have some whiskey. Uh, so it helps. Oh, okay. So you'd have an after meal, not before meal, to help you digest the food. Oh, preferably both. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. I suppose people usually have whiskey um, as a nightcap as well. So before bed. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure how that came around. Um you know, just having a nightcap, where does that term? That's, that's something I need to look into. Um, you know, we have, uh, we've even got some whiskey sort of sets called the Nightcap Series, and it's specifically aimed for that sort of thing. Um, well, I was going to say, having said that, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, you know, have a have a hot toddy for colds, um, you know, and that that's often a remedy, and that includes whiskey in it. I mean, you've shared your own recipe on this very program in the past. Yeah, I mean, this, this is what I love about the, these sort of things. Everyone talks about hot toddies. Now, don't forget, a decent hot toddy has not only got honey, but it's also got a lot of lemon or lime. And that's where you've got vitamin C. Uh, you know, so it's, it really all works in together. Uh, you, know, you can't just say it's a whiskey. But what I really love about the hot toddy is the fact that in uh, back in the day, let's say so 1600s or wherever, whiskey that came from um, uh, the highlands was really was like fire water. Um, and it was quite strong. You couldn't take it on its own. So in order to make it more palatable, people started to put in things like honey, cloves, other things like that uh, to, to make it nicer. And that's, you know, that's where the hot toddies came from. Uh, mm. So I love the fact that that, you know, is that, that side of things where originally it tasted a bit mm, beyond an acquired taste. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, you know, it would have been quite rough stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all there. Uh, yeah. Um, what's your what's your sort of favorite whiskey in hot toddy? And does it matter? Does it matter if it's a single malt? I'm still on this health <laughs> um, whiskey is a healthy thing uh, mentality. Do you use a single malt, a mixed blend? I mean, what wh what is it that you use? Does it matter? Um, yes and no. I, I I don't think it really does. What I have done is, I mean, I li I like peated whiskeys, those those medicinal type whiskeys, and those in a hot toddy are really quite different from, uh, let's say, the other kind of styles of whiskey. So you got Spaceside style, which is much more traditionally, uh, very traditionally looking at it, it's like a sort of sherry kind of whiskey. But then you've got the very much lighter whiskeys that still have their own flavors, 
But when you put that in with something like uh, honey and lemon and maybe some some other stuff like cloves and so on, uh, or cinnamon or whatever. Oh, um, cinnamon. It, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can put in a lot of stuff into these things. I I, I think later in the year towards Christmas, let's let's do a hot toddy show. Um, but yeah, you can do all sorts of different flavors, and they they interact differently, obviously. Um, but when you've got the lighter flavors, they tend to disappear. Um, and I have to say, one of my favorite ways of drinking whiskey in, uh, in winter in Hong Kong is sitting outside, like in a, uh, say, like a chan chan tank, tall rocks, uh, tall glass tumbler type thing, um, and you just put in a couple of uh, a couple of splashes of whiskey, a couple of drams, whatever, and you top that up with really quite warm water in a tall glass, and it brings out the flavors, and you just damn that stuff. It's fantastic. You know, you can get through. Uh, well, if you're a group of you in the table, you can get through. A good amount of that stuff, but it's, it's a lovely way of doing it. Anyway, that's, yeah. Interesting. I'm a, I might even try it. Try with the cinnamon. That piqued my interest. It, yeah. Uh, it obviously needs to be hot. So I think your, your cinnamon needs to go into the, uh, let's say, the water for a bit and boil, um, and then you put that into the, the whiskey when it's not not boiling, boiling hot, because uh, you want the flavors to come out. You know, you need to mix the the flavors of the whiskey together with, let's say, cinnamon, cloves, honey, lemon. Um, that, that's a really nice one. Uh, that works very, very well with a lot of whiskeys. Yes. Oh, uh, shall give that a try. Um, I, I won't peg it as a coronavirus cure, though. But <laughs> oh no, no, no. There's, 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 you, you know, there's no. At the moment, there's no such thing. Um, or all, all this, this, this thing, this talk about whiskey is all about sort of well, you know, a lot of people are stuck at home. What you do, um, and it doesn't mean you can't have fun. And this is exactly where we're sort of sitting. Exactly. I feel like some of the things you said may be borderline April Fools, though. No, 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 no. Uh, well, let's get to, let, 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 shall we get to that? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going back to this whole thing about uh, cupping now. Now, there's a there's a, a cup. It's called a quake, um, and uh, it's from the Gaelic word. It literally means cup. Now, quakes were used and have been used for a long time in Scotland. It used to be made, made out of wood, um, and you had, uh, it was carved from wood directly, and you had two handles on each side. It was basically a shallow bowl with two handles. And people used this for, for drinking out of. Now, uh, the whole sort of thing with that, with the cupping, is like, in, in obviously, in modern Chinese, uh, I suppose it's quite ancient, you take, uh, I think it's like smoke into a cup, put it in, you stick it on the skin, right? Um, and that creates a suction as it cools down because you're heating the inside of the cup. Now, this is a similar thing that they used to do in Scotland. Um, and what they did was they lined the whiskey with, it wasn't whiskey in those days, uh, it was like aquavita. But what they did was they take some herbs. So you had various things, let's say like uh, lavender, sage. Sage was particularly good for things like aching joints and so on. Um, and they used that and they put a little bit of that herb into the cup. And they, it's the same principle, but because the cups were made of wood, they didn't have, let's say, like a, a seal. So they used to line the lip with pig fat. So that would create like a proper airtight seal. You'd have the cup. Now, when you, you did cupping, um, because it sucks up the, the, the skin, you know, you see people around and it, uh, it produces a, like, almost like a bruise, you know, these like round marks with people um, who have been doing that. Now, because Scottish people are so very, very lightly skinned, let's say, um, uh, you know, the skin tends to sort of bruise. And what it does is it goes like a darker color, like a, like a blue color. Um, and this is what the Scottish warriors used to do. So they used to do cupping on, on their extremities, on the back of their faces as well. Now, if you're going back on to... On their the faces? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so if you go back to days of like Robert the Bruce and William Wallace, let's say. So, you know, there was that very famous film with Mel Gibson in it. 
Um, and, you know, I mean, I've never got over that film. I've never watched the whole film because it was, I find it very objectionable. But they all go running around with blue faces and all that. And that's where the, the, the start of it was. This whole blue face thing was because the, the warriors would use these things like before the battle and their skin would be blue. And people just, you know, the, the English soldiers thought, oh, well, this is just the, the Scots uh, uh, with paint on water. But it wasn't. It was actually made to, you know, they were, obviously they'd had a few drinks the night before, but they used the cupping from the, uh, the medicine man. And that, that was really what was going on there. Um, and you get that whole thing going on where people sort of see this as like the, the Celts being crazy. They paint themselves blue, but actually it wasn't. It was, it was because they had a very, very light colored skin. I mean, you know, Scottish people, they get sunburned if you put them in front of a candle, never mind in the sun. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> that is. so this is what's going on. I mean, you know, going back to that whole William Wallace thing and Mel Gibson, right? Now, Mel Gibson was so unpopular with that film. No matter Braveheart, what, it was popular. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't say the B word. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, but it was, it was Braveheart. And, you know, there's a Wallace monument outside Sterling. And in the car park, in, in that car park, they had a statue of Wallace put up after that film. And unfortunately, they decided to use Mel Gibson's face for it. And people were so annoyed with that whole thing that uh, it was getting vandalized. People were doing whatever to it. So it had to be put into a cage just to protect it. And then eventually, it just slowly disappeared. I mean, it just it was one day it was taken away from the car park, and it was never to be seen again. Um, you know, so, you know, that whole Mel Gibson thing. And I like Mel Gibson in his own way. Uh, he's fine with Mad Max, but, you know, Braveheart, ugh. No. <laughs> so there we go. So there's, there's the origins of the, you know, the, the blue face and the Celts and all that sort of stuff like that. And they showed that in the film, but you know that was Hollywoodized rubbish. So yeah, oh, sorry, yes, yes, yes. Uh, absolutely. So there we go. Uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. So you know, the history of cupping is not just medicine in China. It's you know it's, it's really from uh, quite a long time ago. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's it's quite interesting how you can can do that. I wouldn't suggest you do it now. Uh, you know, um, boy, you could do it. Don't you want to? Wow. Okay. I'm. 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 I'm a bit. Um, I need to Google that to see if it, uh, that's true. But um. But you, so you're not a fan of. I mean, have you heard of people doing that nowadays? Um. Well, not not voluntarily or intentionally. No. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> it just seems so bizarre. Whiskey cupping. Okay. I'll have to check that one out then. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you're pulling our leg. Um, but as as usual, I love all the history lesson that you do give um, our, our listeners. Um, how are you going to be celebrating? Are you, are you self-isolating uh, for the rest of today then, JR? Um, I, it looks like it, especially after that story. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 